Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Yeah, I know. Because I can't get right. This is cutthroat. This burns as words pop from a snub nose. This curt meant skirt and I give a fuck mode. Because I can't get right. Because I can't get right. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is Can't Get Right with me, Kurt Metzger. And uh, my guest today is director Uva Boll, who uh, you may remember from a lot of movies. Um, I think I, I think years ago I wrote to you on Facebook because I saw uh, Rampage, where I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, like, uh, And I used to write for the Video Game Awards back in like 2007. So okay. at that time, Uva Boll was like the notorious for like, making video game movies and, and having like, ain't it cool news, I guess. Remember ain't it cool news. And then uh, you boxed one of the guys, which I, by the way, I never understood. <laughs> I didn't understand why that guy agreed to that and I, uh, and how it like settled, but I, I know you beat his ass, but uh, uh, how, like just for people I, that don't know, like uh, you made house of the dead, right? Postal. Yeah. yeah. What's the other video game? Doc. Uh, Alone in the Dark. Was oh, yeah, to- that's right. Alone in the Dark. Yeah, and then Blood Rain. And Blood Rain. And, and uh, Ben Kingsley and others. And then Dungeon Siege with uh, Jason Statham. And then in the end, I did also Far Cry, the video game Far Cry, um, with, with Till Schweiger, who was in Inglourious Bastards. He's a big star in Germany, but then we had, like, U.S. cast. Stiglitz? With Is he Stiglitz in Inglourious Bastards? Did that who he played, the German yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that's and they all had big fucking actors. You know, how's the dead? Uh, who's the guy from Das Boot that? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, was like, holy shit! Where? How did you get like Ben King? Like, how did you get these people? How, how did you get them? No, there was there, there was basically we came very late in a way uh, with offers, and we went to the agencies and said, look, we want to shoot in two months. Uh, and a lot of the stars, like Michelle Rodriguez uh, uh, from Fast and the Furious, wasn't obvious. Billy Zane, Meatloaf wasn't uh, saying, um, and uh, Stephen Dorff, and so on. But sometimes you find actors they just are not booked right now, and then they jump on something what they maybe don't do just for fandom, but for the money. Right? They say, okay, let's pocket the money. Maybe I don't get a job in the next month. I, I do yeah. it, and then. What we what we did because I know with this kind of films you're not like convincing them to do a pay cut or to do you know like to say I, I I'm in it for the glory so uh, <laughs> yeah right yeah. and I I think I saw that realistic but I think what the people don't know is when I did I did a movie Heart of America uh, about a little school about the school violence and uh, Elizabeth Moss is in the film from Handmaid's Tale and so on. And it was a very good movie, but it made no money. Yeah. It, so, and that was the reason I did House of the Dead. 
after because I was very also frustrated. I was not a typical filmmaker. I'm not a Michael Bay. I'm not a guy who's totally like a genre fan. I'm a big fan of political driven films. And, 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 and so, and I did my, my first films in Germany were all like, uh, um, was one thing about a, a prime minister who was found dead in the bar stop in, in Geneva in Switzerland. So they were all based on real stuff. Yeah, and right. then House of the Dead came along and it made money. And it was like, I had no choice, right? It was not like, uh, right. everybody I know said, okay, what are you doing now after House of the Dead? Let's do a <laughs> dark. We can get the game right. And I, I was basically moving into the films with bigger cast, with bigger budgets, based on that they were, the money was there. And, yeah, right. and, uh, you know, and, and the good dramas like Heart of America, uh, you win, I, whatever, I think I won like one or two little film festivals with it, but then you're like dead. It's like uh, a few DVDs you sell and you get 50,000 bucks from cable TV, but you lose a lot of money. And, and that was the reason I did all that video game based movies. And I think that people hated me for it first because they knew I was not the gaming geek. Yeah, right. You well, know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember when, uh, you know, I, I always, I'm 45, but I always played those games. But I remember when those movies came out, I was an adult, and but I was working, like I said, for these video game awards. They were on Spike TV at the time. So that was, you know, I mean, it's funny to think how different it is now with that, but it, like, I, I didn't have, I was an adult, so I didn't like, I'm like, ah, this guy ruined House of the Dead. Like, I wouldn't have a feeling, <laughs> I feel like, because I'd played House of the Dead. And how can it you wasn't ruin? a stunning story, the game. Yeah. And uh, but that was the beginning of where people are into the game. They're like, oh, someone should make it like a who likes it should make a good movie. Now it's amazing. There was like this little peak where you would get people really enthusiastic about whatever the the comic book or the video game. And now it's switched where like I imagine with all like the kind of woke shit they do now, it's like they would probably yearn for an Uva Bowl, <laughs> you know, like just something like that's not where where they're they're ruining it in like i mean if i think about that i i, I would say they the fans probably didn't know how good they had it because the way they fuck this stuff now is incredible like it's something i would have never imagined you know like uh what did you say that I am, the, yeah. when you see the last uh, 10 years what also prince of persia was total crap world of warcraft was total crap and there was all this stuff where they acted like uh, uh, you know, like and then I, I mean, I get like messages, whatever, and they say, "Look, we loved Blood Rain because it was gory and sexy. You saw tits and blood and stuff. What you have in the video games too." And right. That is the thing. What what I, I never made really like PG movies or PG thirteen movies. My movies are all R rated or NC seventeen because I feel also as a genre uh, uh, like I grew up with Halloween and stuff like this. Yeah, but, right. Friday the 13th and so on. So I have nothing against violence and, and, and I don't want to like pussy out. And a lot of this kind of $100 million film are, are basically done with this, oh, but we have to do PG. We have to do PG. Yeah. And so they promise something. What? And then you see the film and you think, what a harmless like kids movie they made out of it. Yeah, and, it's worse. And, yeah, and I never did this, and and maybe some people appreciating it now more as like when I actually did the films, but uh, it's it's also uh, I'm a big genre fan, and I see 
I read a good article about the Netflix drop right now, what happened with, with Netflix. Yeah, right. And, and that was written because now the streamers who came in in the beginning as the alternative, like the, the harder, the more edgier, right. they turned into TV channels now. Yeah, and right. they producing the same shit like the big TV channels. And uh, it gets more harmless and harmless and harmless by the minute um, and more mainstream. And I think that is the reason people people quit because they say, for what now? I mean, I, yeah, you know, like, true. like you, you're expecting a different program from them. And I see here in Germany, I'm doing uh, some stuff here with, with Amazon and Netflix. And I see also the people they pick who decide if you make a production for them are the same people that work, work for the network. I was just going to say that, dude, because uh, my girlfriend works in the industry and it was all people from NBC were going over there. So they slowly started turning it into NBC and ABC yeah. and all that other shit. And then, you know, if they're from ABC, that's like a subsidiary of Disney. There's something really gross about, especially when I think of like... Um, these MCU movies from when they first came out, Netflix had some kind of decent, yeah. you know, like Daredevil was good. I liked it. And uh, I liked uh, the other one, um, you know, with the black eye. Yeah. And, and, and was very violent. Yeah. What'd you say? Luke the Cage. Punisher. Yeah. The Punisher. Fun, uh, I, I really liked it. Oh yeah. I, and I like the Punisher. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, the Punisher that, uh, that woman, she's a German director. She, the one made before the Netflix came out with um, the guy from Rome, the British guy. And she, you could tell she kind of was doing the same thing where she's like, well, this is what the fans like. It's the Punisher. And it looks like that. Like, it, it was like fucking way over the top. It was pretty decent. But then that Netflix one was great. But, but uh, then I watched, like, Disney bought the property, so they, like, kind of discontinued, decoupled that from the official because it was kind of tied into the universe. And it, it just gets dis Disneyfied. And I got a lot of friends that work for various Disney companies. It, it's like creepy the way they, uh, one guy was working in sports and he had, he's like, they would go, yes, there's a, a clean, it's not the word clean, but it was like, there's clean, then there's Disney clean or standards, S&P standards of practice. And there's Disney standards and practices. Like, he's like, am I in Scientology? Like, what is this? And it's because we, uh, in the end, it's all like in Pleasantville or in like, the, you know, like this kind of like artificial world. Yeah, corporate, it's corporate. Uh, corporate, you know, and it, it 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 boils down to be not not original. And uh, no, I I I look at it and I feel yeah, scheiße. Why? <laughs> no, I, I really hope that can do uh, more films, you know, and yeah. more films also for Netflix or whatsoever. But uh, it 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 didn't right now. It didn't happen, and uh, it's it's disappointing because uh, where are the voices like the the different voices, you know, and then also with Netflix, what I didn't get is the exorbitant money they spend for like, they give Obama a hundred million. They give Prince Harry a hundred million for what? They yeah. No one gives a shit. What? You know, it's just, yeah. they want like celebrities around them. And then they, whatever, sitting in the party in Nobu restaurant. And then they give like a celebrity, an output contract. And this celebrity, yeah made a film you know i made 34 movies in my life and uh and that is the thing and then we getting like uh, uh ignored and this kind of like in people who whatever uh are with the kardashians going out getting contracts and uh, i don't get it it's like i don't know what 
the business decision is not right what they do. And, well, it's not all business. One, it's not all business. First of all, there's a new jet. There's a guy named Chato, Chato, C-H-A-T-O, who's an ex-producer from Hollywood that does videos about it. And he's very interesting because he always has a perspective. You know, I, I don't even watch TV now. Like I watch a bunch of YouTubes. What's cool is with a very, mi- and I mean a very minor amount of like, fame i wouldn't even call it fame but just having been on basic cable two or three times if i see somebody's channel i like on youtube a lot of times i can reach out to them and they'll talk to me and you know it's pretty cool like i'll meet people on here on uh youtube and and everybody's watching that shit like i i think a lot of them see there's such an infrastructure well you know that they like especially agents and managers there's such a infrastructure out here of like kind of consultants and middlemen that they have to keep a certain illusion going that this is where it's at to just keep that business going, you know? So they'll just be like really slow. I remember when Quibi came out, I had, I was, uh, I was maybe going to have a job working for some show on Quibi, which yeah. uh, was that Jeffrey Katzenberg fucking. I know, I know the Quibi. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I remember hearing of what, it, what it was. I'm like, so it's just the shit that I would watch now, but I just pay you for it to see celebrities. I don't care about like, <laughs> like, that celebrity thing is really starting to die out. Like, and I, I really didn't understand the appeal of YouTube when it first came out. I was like, I work for real TV, yeah. you know, back when you could really make money on it very easily. Oh, I, I think and, uh, YouTube is great. And I, well, to be honest, like when I see my kids and kids from friends, uh, they don't even want to watch a two, two hours film. I think right. that original idea from Quibi for the new generation to watch things 10 minutes long on your cell phone is exactly what happens now. But they yeah. all watch it for free. They watch it on YouTube, yeah. talk, Instagram, whatever. And th- that was the reason Quibi couldn't scale fast enough that people would put the money up because it would be the parents who would have to sign on Quibi and pay. But the parents maybe all thought, no, I don't want that you watch more of this show. <laughs> right. uh, you know, and, and uh, so I, I think that was the the, the the idea of Quibi, I think, is totally working, but not with Quibi. You know, it was like just like, uh, and, and I see also when I see my, my, my kids here, they're watching stuff where we sit there and think, why the fuck you watch that? Like, yeah, what right. is wrong with you? But they have a special thing what works and in the age 10, what works in the age 13. Yeah, right. And they pick the stuff themselves. They find it also. Like they they, they see things right. I find on YouTube. And I say, what is this? But why is why you follow this guy who, whatever, jumps only in a pool in every video, in different <laughs> right. ways, in different pools around the world. And then you follow him because he talks five minutes before he jumps or something. And you think like, how can this guy be famous? And then you see like, 15 million views and and uh, bigger than than sh- like <laughs> yeah. bigger than many uh huge money productions by a lot like yeah. those guys that got i don't know trump did an interview with um they're called the nelk boys i think they're canadian they do like kind of it's almost like jackass but not stunts it's like pranks and uh, i'd never heard of them like last thanksgiving i guess a friend of mine showed it to me and I'm looking, it's like 15, I mean, it was like 50 million views. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a 50 million. You were thinking I've never fucking heard of. And then a year later, that Trump interview came out where he's talking to like, I'm like, why are your high school kids talking? I forgot what it was. I'm like, Oh, yeah. I see why he, that's pretty savvy. He talked to them because they have a huge fucking following. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of not taking the hint that, um, 
people yeah. aren't that into establishment as they used to be. So, and there's like a thing where they just, I, I don't know. I've been in like kind of, I've been in that where you like, but it wasn't on its way out so much when I was working in that stuff. So there's really a thing. And there's like, there's an always a new generation of suckers coming up that the industry is looking for, you know, like anything that's supposed to be good, like, yeah, we're going to hire more diverse people. What, what that really translates to is we want young suckers that don't know any better wherever we can find them. And like, are these the new batch that don't know what we're going to do to them? Yeah. That's what we're looking for. And, um, uh, I mean, now I didn't know this, like a lot of agencies, for example, their primary money they make is not even like booking talent. It's just real estate. They invest a lot of real estate locally and that's like the bulk of their money. And then the other shit's like a tax write off. There's they, that, I, to me, that's the big, you know, the, uh, what's the bill, the federal communications act where they let all the new, all the media companies just start gobbling each other up. So we have like six companies that control all the, you know, with Disney, I think it's weird that they have a monopoly on all the imagination now, <laughs> like all the IPs. Yeah. Pixar, I, yeah. you know, like that is the thing. It's like they they, they also, I mean, they're dominating. I, I see it also. Disney Plus is growing and uh, the, the kids really looking looking forward to it. I Look, from technolo- technology-wise, I think Netflix is the best. You know, they don't buffer. It goes quick. You can switch to subtitles, whatever you want. I, I, but I have a tough time also to find new interesting stuff on Netflix. Recently, you start watching something, and then you, after like half an hour, you think, uh, "What the? F- I'm, I'm not <laughs> with it." You feel like this kind yeah, of like right. let, let down. Uh, also, a lot of Doku shows. Uh, they have a good story about that because I have I, I'm filming for a year now. What uh, kind of shows? Like documentary shows. Oh, oh okay. Know? And and I see on Netflix. And I know now why uh, is they basically do documentaries only after the fact, like after it's all done. And then they go back in history and you see whatever Wayne Darcy or or Ted Bundy or whatever. And um, because I'm filming a a doku here with the Banditos, with, you know, the motorcycle gang. Yeah, right. The the second biggest after the Hells Angels. And I, from very early on, I know that. So they talk to me, they give me interviews, whatever. And I offered this to Netflix and uh, they're all scared about it, like, because they don't know how it ends. And I said, but the whole point of a documentary is... Really? Yeah, yeah. And and I said, because I thought that Netflix, of course, will jump on it because this yeah. hundred countries, right? And they still, they didn't pass on it, but they also never did it. And... Uh, and then they forced me for um, for the US to write like a 25 pages treatment about the show. And I said, yes, it's no problem. I can write it. But as you know, it's not a fiction film. So I don't know how it all will end after I'm done <laughs> like shooting, right? So, because of course, in between, in between when I started shooting, now they were in court. There were one guy's arrested in jail, like from the people, you know, like, and I said, that yeah, I'd love to watch this, by the way. Yes, yes. I said the people will binge watch that. And, um, but also Tiger King, for example, they made after the fact. They made that right. after this guy was in jail, basically, and started doing it, right? So, and and there was only luck that that other documentary guy filmed them over years and had material over years. And I think that is very weak from from Netflix, very weak that position. 
instead of jumping in that that real like the non-fiction stuff in a way like let's follow things as they progress then you have in the in the end great program but they don't do it they're all scared to greenlit to greenlit and put money in something where you don't know in what direction it goes and i think it's it's the 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 mistake that Ted Sarandos and so did in hiring the wrong people. You know, they yeah. say we are risk takers, but they're not. The people yeah, right. at Ted Sarandos are not risk takers. They only want to keep their salary and their job, and they yep. are very scared to make bold decisions. You yeah. know, and that was the thing. I mean, we had various projects when we pitched stuff here to Amazon and so on. And but the reality and Netflix, but the reality is that the experience was always the same. They basically want risk-free program, and, right. uh, but risk-free program is nothing what a subscriber wants. What they they yeah. you know you that'd be like subscribing to uh, elevator music or subscribing to like when you're on hold on the phone, the music they play. <laughs> like yes. like yes. this is not going to ruffle any feathers. It's just every, my friend was saying to me as a comic, it was like, yeah, every gig is a corporate gig now, and that you know I got into this because I I wasn't fit to work in a <laughs> normal environment so i became a clown for a living and uh i watched as all the kind of risk taker people were kind of weeded out of the the industry in that way like and and i don't mean like just on like some white guy complaining level like they don't like uh, i wrote for Chappelle's show okay which is like uh, Chappelle's like fucking yeah. yeah and and Chappelle like they never want another Chappelle. they're happy to make money with the one who exists now but they ain't looking for the next Dave Chappelle. They're looking for the next guy who would never do something like run to Africa and after they paid him 50 million. And I didn't understand when he did that at the time. You know, I thought it was like pretty irresponsible. All these people worked on the show and all that. But in the long run, he he muscled like, uh, you know, when it was uh, season three, the one they had to cobble together from when he left and he wanted them to take it off by HBO or something like that. The contract was of valid contract that wasn't in his favor and they just had to do it. That's the only guy I know a, a single guy, a comedian that could muscle a corporation around, you know, like, like, and you got to have, I guess a pretty big ego to be able to do it, but I just happy to see someone do it. I, I like, I've never even heard of anyone else doing that. No. And I, I think he did, he did the right thing, but he's also, I mean, he came then in the, in the heavy waters with this kind of, uh, what were about trends, right? Yeah. Whatever. Right was a big scandal. He flipped, uh, He got big problems, but he got also the support. Not a lot of people getting that support. You know, a lot of people right. get dumped because, well, I don't want to be uh, uh, yeah, right. connected to him. Look, now the Bill Murray, Bill Murray got fired on the film for whatever misbehavior. Oh, I and, know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, was in, the, in, the, in the Hollywood Report, I think, two days ago. With the, with the Ansari guy as director, Really? Yes, and they shut down the whole production. And at first, everybody thought that he was again whatever doing, like molesting a woman. Yeah, that nonsense. Story, yeah. Was, yeah, you know. And then it was Bill Murray who misbehaved, but it's not written that he did any, let's say, uh, crazy sex stuff or whatever. And um, but I think also this overreacting to, yeah, right. to situations like this. I mean, how can you afford? Uh, halfway through a production because somebody says whatever he made a racist joke or something to shut down the fucking film i mean you have to like get over it and get things done you know and it's, it's like i think also this kind of like uh 
everybody's on the tippy toes the whole time and everybody is uh, uh, like this kind of self-censoring. I, I totally hate that. I talked with my friend Sean Williams in Vancouver, um, they shooting like the good doctor and stuff like this. And he said, the mandates felt like the, the Corona stuff, but the unions make you test every day, make you have the mask on. They, the unions insisting in keeping all that stuff what makes it impossible for independent filmmakers to shoot a film. Because yeah, right. if they independently say, I make a $2 million film, I raise the money privately, but you have to spend 250000 bucks for transport extra, for like masks, for testing, for quarantines. Nobody can shoot right now independent films because also the insurance doesn't cover you. So if your lead actor gets corona, he has to be quarantined a week. Wow, you know? that has to be terrible because that, I mean, everything was being shot in Vancouver and for like, a, that's gotta be terrible for like business. I don't understand. No, it's for business horrible. And it costs like uh, uh, millions more uh, in the bigger shows per, per season, uh, millions more just for the Corona stuff. But uh, for example, if you don't have like right now with Omicron, right? If you have an actor who has Omicron, but feels good, why you cannot shoot with it? I mean, what the fuck? You know, like they this, it, they still treat then the coronavirus in a way like it's death, it's Ebola. So we yeah, have to right. shut down. Two hundred people can go home because the guy needs to quarantine now, even if he has only one day headache. You know, yeah, and, right. and it's insane because in the very end, then only what you said also about the corporates. You have six companies that can afford to make films. Then. No, yeah. no personal, private, uh, independent filmmaker can go in production with that risk that in between a week, uh, the guy will be sitting in a hotel room and cannot shoot because it's the end. The crew yeah. will walk. You cannot pay them anymore. And you're totally like ruined. And yeah. uh, that suits them just fine. That's that. That's a, they, that's the whole, I, I never understood the, you know, how that shit worked where it's all about gobbling up market share and making sure there's nobody else that can, <laughs> can do anything. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, I like I'm not a smart business person in the least. And then when I, when I started to see how that worked out, oh, wow. Like it's so much worse than I would have assumed what all the intentions are. And and it's everywhere. I mean, that hey, we got to take another break. So I could talk to you about our old friends, rockauto.com. Longtime sponsor, the online store with every auto part at the best price. One stop shop for auto parts been in business for 20 years they make it easy to find the parts you need at the best possible prices listen brick and mortar's over i you we know it is why hassle yourself i understand if you got to get away from your family you can go but if you know you're in a family who you love why not go on rockauto.com and conveniently find everything you need without all the nonsense if you're a car guy or a lady go to rockauto.com and check out all the parts available for your car you're going to have so much fun looking at car parts because, uh, you know, you're into cars. Uh, that, that's probably a thing. Rockauto.com. There is no promo code because their pricing is already that good. And when you order, tell rockauto.com you heard about them on Can't Get Right with me, Kurt Metzger, which uh, people have been doing, apparently. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Rockauto.com. All right, let's get back to it. You know, back when um, it struck me, especially in Canada, the way they were treating that trucker protest, which was a nonviolent protest, yeah. which, by the way, is the most threatening protest to any kind of power figure is non nonviolent, it turns out. Here, when we had the George Floyd 
you know, where there was mysterious pallets of protest bricks being left for people to use. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like any kind of blowing shit up or burning stuff down, that suits the powers that be just fine. Like, they like that. And then, you know, so he burns the block down in Port- like Portland's on fire. It should be like their football team, the Portland Riots. They've been on fire every day for a different thing for like two years straight. And then so they fuck up a block and then the small businesses die. And then the big companies, whoever, can buy up the whole area. Like, you know, it should be very suspicious when like major corporations are supporting your your protest movement. That should make it a little suspicious is where it's coming from. No, but it's all when you see when you see right now the the Russia Ukraine situation, for example, right? So yeah. everybody asked Germany to switch the gas off. Like I know, yeah. So and the the reality is like when I like a kilometer away from my house here are like the five hundred Ukrainians in tents, right? So they like we we have here we see it the refugees. So and. Um, so what you want to do is that the big industry in Germany said if they switch off the gas, there will be over a year no replacement basically for it. Yeah. And we have to shut down and 15 million people will get laid off out of all the German uh, corporations. So what will then? What will happen then? You know, what will happen yeah. then is that these 15 million people don't have any money. They will be very jealous about the Ukrainian refugees. They will say, who gives a fuck about Ukraine? Yeah, but right. They- you swallow it up. We give a shit. We want our life back. And we are like, I mean, Ukraine is uh, uh, like they, they make like 5% of the German GDP, right? So it's it's like uh, there is a big dispute going on. And that is what, what I think is similar to the trucker protest or whatever, is that they, the governments also Trudeau in Canada, or they want to be so politically correct. And they're acting like... Um, the moral is dictating the surrounding or whatever the, the rules we live in. And it's not true. I yeah, historically, right. Historically, it's the, uh, historically, the world was driven by violence, was driven by who has the bigger hammer wins, basically. Yeah. And then at the same time, moral comes always after survival and greed. And, and you know, like, and, and it's, yeah, it's, right. it's, yeah. And I think I see a lot of people, they're not able to have a, uh, like a logical discussion, they always have a moral discussion. Yes, right. no question, you know, it's the question that Putin is uh, in a way losing his shit and, and is damaging himself with the invasion of Ukraine, yeah. but he did it. And he yeah. will not. And now that idea also from Biden and everybody, if we deliver weapons and weapons and weapons uh, to the Ukrainians, that they will defeat Russia. You think they want to do that? I, I, I got what I thought is they want to just have, they don't give a shit how many people die, by the way. It's to get, get Russia stuck like it's in Afghanistan. Yeah. And it'll harm Russia going on busy. and on. You yeah. Know? yeah. They want to keep them busy. So the, and the Ukrainians think they, um, Zelensky is a big celebrity worldwide now. If you know, he will get maybe the, the, the peace prize and whatever Nobel prize. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but let's say before the Ukraine conflict, nobody knew who was Zelensky. And the Ukraine was deeply corrupt. I mean, it is a deeply Uber, watch government. The, you know, these were, I got a big argument. I have friends stitching at him that have a YouTube show. So Jimmy Dore, the guy I'm on, he's a big like anti-war leftist. Okay. I'm non-binary. I'm not really, but the reason I like Jimmy is because he's very principled. So I really could give a shit what your leaning is, as long as you have a principle and it's not when we do it, it's okay, which is most of the principles here. So 
they're like he basically uh anybody calling to question what you're describing the moral like star wars argument for the war of this is the good versus that's the one of the most damaging the idea that is going to be the light you know i mean our fucking presidents would say it like the evil empire that they got to use this goddamn like childish language for these things and you know uh, last 20 years I, i got over any kind of emotional feelings i had about like I look at wars now, like how I look at the MCU. Like I was kind of interested when it first came out, and now it's just a bunch of explosions. I really don't get it. And so I'm like, how do you guys still manage to have this feeling working up? Like it's not that I think Putin's good, or or I'm just like, how do you even manage to work up this moral fervor about it? Like I, I would just be embarrassed, especially after all this shit that came out about what we did and then what we do to cover it up. I think a lot of people kind of just don't know. Like, here's something I never knew until very recently was because they're talking about Putin should go stand trial for war crimes, you know, in the Hague or whatever. We're not a member of that. <laughs> America is not a member for a very important reason so that no one can be prosecuted for the many war crimes that uh, American yeah, leaders commit. Operations and all kinds of stuff, right, in the history. Like, yeah, right. Like- yeah, and and the Iraq War, whatever, uh, started started the whole Arab Spring in a way, the second Iraq War, and then all the dictators got removed and got replaced by completely crazy motherfuckers who were way worse as the as the uh, dictator. Yeah, right. You know, so yeah. that is the thing. Gaddafi did terror attacks. Yeah. 25 years before. I was just going to say that, Gaddafi. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and that that is the thing. And and but that is exactly. I mean, you and me, and in a way. They are the same. We try to see something logically and not morally, not like from the moral point of view, right? So we cannot make every single country the same, you know? And that is the thing. It's also when the Chinese put a million Uyghurs, Muslims in, in a yeah. concentration camp, uh, we have to live with it because what the fuck we want to do? We cannot do anything about Did it. Did you know and, we were detaining Uyghurs too for a while and uh, that hadn't done anything wrong in Guantanamo? I didn't know that. I was yeah. like, you know who else did that? We did, we did it. Yeah. Stuff like this. And then a lot yeah. of people were, were innocent sitting there. And But but that's what I mean. It's like we cannot have always this kind of like we are the greatest and the best, but in, in our reality, we did also a, a lot of bad things and, and uh, supported the wrong cause or the wrong... Uh, leader in, in in countries and i think that idea now what what is here big in europe in the media is that if the ukrainians keep just getting good weapons they yeah. will maybe defeat putin or putin gets so much in trouble that they remove him as a leader you know and he's since 22 years the leader of russia in Russia, 90% of the population don't even know that there's a Ukraine war because they're living on the countryside where they don't yeah. have any, like they're driving around with a horse carriage, basically, and being farmers somewhere. It's only in, in Moscow and St. Petersburg where you have a middle class and where you have like people now, they think, why the fuck the Apple store is closed? You know, like... Yeah, right. like have you been there to Russia? Yes. I was in Moscow. I was also in St. Petersburg. I was some films. I was invited and stuff like this. But... You see in, in Moscow that there is uh, uh, five, six hundred thousand people are a real middle class. It's not only like how we always thought it's the oligarch and the rest is poor. No, they drive Audis, BMWs, whatever. They go to the Gucci store. So there is a class. They suffer now. They, they see the stores getting closed and they will get mad about this. And they will go also to the bottom of it because you, you 
can re uh, still uh, find their alternative uh, press in, in, in Moscow too, uh, watch YouTube stuff or whatever. And then, then I think the, to remove Putin will take, of course, way longer. The idea mm -hmm. now, if we support Ukraine four more weeks with some tanks and helicopters, that will put the needle in the direction. Uh, that will only piss Putin more off. You know, and what I, what yeah. I think, what Zelensky is not aware, and a lot of the media also not, is that Putin is one, like, red button away from just annihilating Kiev. You know, he could just say, you know what? We're now throwing the real bombs, not the little ones who destroyed two buildings. Like, we just, tonight, we declare, like, they're pissing us so off, we just make Kiev, like, flat, and Zelensky's then maybe dead, even if he's in the bunker, whatever. You know, like, I mean, you can have bombs, the, the bunker will not hold up. And then the, and the Klitschko's are dead, the boxers are, bad, uh, are dead. So, and I think the West is seeing it completely wrong. I, I think Putin will not give up the territories he has already. And he will, uh, like, just throw bigger bombs and using the real bombs he has, maybe even tactical nuclear weapons to say, look, Shut the fuck up, Zelensky. And, and uh, that, that idea that he gets defeated, he retracts out of the Ukraine. He goes back, everybody comes back to Moscow, gives him shit, and, and they, they uh, whatever, uh, throw him out of the Kremlin. Uh, uh, it will not happen. I, I, I don't see that happen. I think Putin will win that war, and the Ukrainians will lose more and more people, and more and more refugees will stream into Europe, you know, and... Uh, um, that is the reality. Did you see? Did you see any of the clips of um, Zelensky's? Uh, I can't remember his name, but, but his advisor. Because it's interesting if you watch, you know, you there's like it's very hard, I think, to get any kind of reliable information on it. To be honest, but you can see clips of them in interviews and stuff. And um, Zelensky, uh, his advisor, talking about you know joining NATO. He goes, two possibilities: like Russia will eventually absorb us in ten to twelve years. Or we can have this bloody fight with them to join NATO, which is would be cooler. He's the, you know, it's being translated, but he said that would be the cooler option. And Zelensky said, which I think is very interesting, that the America, they're like, no, you're not going to join NATO, but we're not going to say you can't join NATO. So we're going to publicly say it's open. You join NATO, but you won't be joining NATO. So yeah. I think all the people in charge know full well what will happen. I think there's like. The narrative for like, you know, the Iraq war narrative for the common uh, man is that that thing of like Putin will blow up you. Like, I, I thought like uh, it was pretty clear what he wanted. I, I, I don't not get the thing that Putin wanted. I, I people, my friends, I was arguing through like, well, he's a madman and this and that. I'm like, I think they should just kept because if it does end, let's hope that it ends quickly. But the only way it would end is it'll end up being the neutral territory that this whole shit was over in the first place, won't it? Like, yeah, but that is also a thing when you go back in time, right? When, when the wall in Berlin came down and Gorbachev was basically, so everything was falling apart. The Warsaw Pact fell apart. They said that east from Germany, it should be neutral territory. Right. And then the NATO and the EU took Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic, everybody joined. And, uh, and it was not fair against Russia because right. they said they give up 
East Germany and so on, but that should be also it. And, and they, I mean, they opened, even Putin in the beginning was very open for uh, wheeling and dealing. And it looked like they're turning into like a capitalistic uh, dictatorship, like the Chinese. They're also capitalistic dictatorship. You ever been there? What? You ever been to China? Yeah, I was in China also. And then um, they offered me to open their one of a restaurant and invited me there. And I passed on it after my trip. I said, it's my life is too short. I'm just not doing it. Oh, because yeah. I, you, they would just take it from you eventually. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And, and I felt also like I'm not traveling 14 hours with an airplane to check on a restaurant from time to time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not money worth it. It's a long ass flight. Yeah. yeah the, uh, my buddy, my last episode, I did a com- I did this comedy tour out there, and uh, this Australian guy, Andy Curtin, and um, this other guy, Turner Sparks, put it together. And I'm, I guess I'm lucky I got to go because now that's not allowed doing stand up comedy. When I got there, it was kind of against the rules, but you could get around it because they only had an email list. But basically, it, it, and also the Chinese, I, I was surprised the Chinese comics were pretty like knew how to do it. I didn't know what I expected them to be like, but they were all getting streaming stuff. So they were very familiar with like stand up, and, you know, like I was surprised like how like decent it was and um, it did very well as a thing. And uh, so other bars and shit would get jealous and uh, you know, they got like a snitch, you know, this like enforced snitch thing. So they would say, Oh, they're spreading any communist propaganda. I didn't see any communist shit while I was there, by the way. I mean, unless you count the state out controls everything, but, it was the most capitalistic kind of place I've ever, it was Christmas. Like there was Christmas shit everywhere. People were wearing like um, hilarious, you know, the idea of having designer clothes with the price tag on it. So like mini Pearl on hee haw, where she had a big price tag. This chick in front of me had an Ed Hardy jacket, which is hilarious to have a expensive Ed Hardy jacket, but it wasn't Ed Hardy. I don't know where the hell who made it. And it had like this long gigantic price tag on the back. And, uh, I got there right after they had shut down there in Shanghai. There was this black market that was famous where it was like great. To, I wanted to go there because supposedly you could buy night like Nike re, shoes. that said Nike and Reebok on them, which I wanted those so bad. Yeah, and, uh, and it had been shut down by the time I got there. So I guess the guy before Xi Jinping was a little more open and people liked him better. Um, but you know what happens is the more this like kind of saber rattling bullshit like how you're talking about Putin, you know, America loves doing everything. Sanctions are such a great fucking idea. I mean, I kind of think they're borderline terrorism because you're going to stress out the population in hopes they overthrow this guy. That's not what people do. People harden up and they, they start backing their guy because he's not you because they don't like some outsider telling them how to yeah. fucking live. Even if you're they America justice from the other territories. Right. And they say, look, uh, why you make us suffer. It was also idiotic when they disqualified like the handicapped Olympics uh, Russian team uh, at the Paralympics, you know, where they said... You Did they? I didn't hear that one. Yeah, yeah. so they... Uh, in Tokyo, right? So they, then they disqualified people. And I mean, when you have like a one-leg guy who trained four years to go to the Olympics and then you say, because of Putin went into Ukraine... Your career is over. The, the, with tennis pros, they did that with, uh, with with other sports people. So it's this kind of like baby behavior, you know. And, and because yeah. you cannot you cannot hit him in a way. So you you try to to, to make other people suffer. And look, you, Russian immigrants are everywhere. In in Germany alone, are seven hundred or eight hundred thousand Russians. So yeah. in, in the US, one hundred percent more. And yeah. uh, 
and and that is the thing where I think it's it's uh, uh, it's baby behavior. And the the other thing is also like this kind of like um, again underestimating Russia as as they did various times. Like Putin said uh, years ago, I don't like uh, if the Ukraine. Uh, can join the EU or can join the NATO, they are a direct enemy for us. And it's right on our border and it's our haven, right? So there is like the, the, the only way to the sea is through the Ukraine for Russia. Yeah, right. So it was clear for me that the, he will take the Krim because all his ships were there. So when everybody flipped completely out of him, how he took the Krim because, yeah, because all the ships are there since five, 50 years. And now because Ukraine says we are independent, uh, you want to take it all away from us? Forget it. So, and now he did this operation, as you said, he did it to get the land in between the Krim and Russia. And it's it's crystal clear visible on the land on the on the on the thing. I think the whole attack on Kiev and everything in the north was only a maneuver yeah, to, right. to distract them to take the south. But everybody else says Putin is an idiot, he lost, he's losing the war, he has no clue from uh, the, his his generals are total idiots. I don't know how you trust that. I mean, I don't, I don't, know, I don't yeah. trust that. I, I think everything what happened is exactly when he said it goes as planned, I think it's actually happening. It, I, yeah. I think he wanted to distract everybody, wanted to have a full-on war with the Ukraine, so they couldn't defend the South. Now he took all the South, uh, bombed the shit out of Mariupol, the one city where still like some soldiers were, and he will now say at one point, that is our new border, and that is uh, our territory. Then the yeah. Ukraine and the West will say, that would be never acceptable, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, and then they, then they have the choice. Like, because we will then start forgetting them, you know. Like, of course, that's what we do. All we did with Georgia. Yeah, we will dump Ukraine and we'll say, "Look, it's not top news anymore." Right. And then they will have endless little fights. They are going back and forth and back and forth, and that will hold the Ukraine back from really recover and and getting the the people back. They run away from Ukraine. I mean, right. they don't want the Ukrainians. Were not like. The Afghanistan refugees or whatever, they, they, do, they don't want to live here. They right. came here because they were fearing that their kids get killed and they get killed. So, and they're sitting in, in like uh, schools and everywhere and in, in, in apartments in, in all over Europe. And uh, they want to go home. And that is the thing. And, and I think Zelensky should have said a little in his mind, like what he's doing for his ego, you know, to... Uh, to his people, because right. 10 million women and kids running around in, in Western Europe now without their fathers, uh, and he didn't let anybody out of the uh, Ukraine who was a male, because they all have to mandatory fight. And so I think it would be his biggest interest to get a deal done and to get over it. He will lose parts of the Ukraine, end of the story, and he better accept it today as tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and well, and, they'll they'll bomb it till it's not appealing for the EU, right? Like, well, we don't want to take this bombed out country into the <laughs> into yeah, our trade yeah, thing. What it, like, yeah. what is it? No, so, and I'm yeah. I'm a big uh, like I, I would not took Hungary or Poland uh, even into the EU because they did a lot of things. They're benefiting from a lot of things. They're open borders. You know, driving Germany over the autobahn. You see tons of trucks from Poland and Hungary driving through Germany to France, to Spain, because there are no borders, no more control. What is good for Germany too? Germany is economically by far the strongest country. Right. 
Europe. So, and, and it's for Germany good too, that you don't have the borders, everybody has the EU, the, the, the Euro. But if you say you're a member of something, you also have to bring something to the table, right? right? And, and uh, when Hungary and, and Poland said they don't take one refugee from Syria or one refugee from Afghanistan, and Germany took like 1.5 million and they took none. Yeah, right. They got no penalty. And that made a lot of people very furious, including myself. You know, like you have to say to Poland or Hungary, okay, here's the deal. If you don't take refugees, uh, you will not get any money out of the EU budget. Right. Or, you know, or, we, or you have to pay into the EU budget 200 million bucks to, to, to get so that you don't have to take the refugees. But you cannot be part of the EU. You benefit from everything. And then when it comes to, uh, we have to take, uh, refugees, and we will have more climate refugees from Africa coming in the next 10, 20 years. They will come more and more Senegal and so on, they're coming up. So, and it cannot be that like four countries take refugees and the rest is just benefiting from it. Yeah, and, right. Uh, you know, and that, that is unfair to everybody else, but that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And with the NATO, it's the same. Who said... Yeah, Trump, Trump just, made me aware of that. Honestly, when he was talking about... Because I didn't yeah. understand with NATO, basically we're just the army for a bunch of countries that don't pay the chip in. And he made that okay. threat of like, you got to pay up or you're at <laughs> NATO. And it was true. And, was yeah. true. and then yeah. you see that when the moment the Ukraine uh, got into the war with Russia, the German chancellor said, okay, we put 100 billion in weapons, right? So, and it's this kind of like double-faced German policy under Merkel, the Mer everybody loved Merkel, but in Germany she was not so loved because she did a lot of things uh, like ruthlessly pro-economy, but against, for example, defense. She cut at the defense budget. She felt like, who should attack us? Nothing, because we have all the US troops here, and we have the nuclear bombs here in Germany, uh, endlessly uh, stationed, right? So it's like we are basically the front, the old front line to the east. And so we have all the military here and all the, and, and Trump was right. Yeah. He said like, yeah, but if we uh, spend so much money on military and basically when the shit hits the pan, Germany sings without paying their fair share, that right. we will all defend them, right. you know, so that they can make more profit with Siemens, with BW, with Mercedes. It's ri ridiculous. And I was always pro spending enough money for military uh, uh, in a way that you are protected, that you can say, look, even if there's not one American soldier, we can defend ourselves. And we can say, yeah. look, uh, Putin, if you try to attack us, we will pulverize Moscow. Right. You know, because we, of course, have here very high-tech, similar to the U.S., Germany is a very high-tech country. With, yeah, right. Uh, you know, like over uh, uh, like nuclear things and, and special airplanes and stuff like this. And I, and I think it was very, very uh, sloppy from Merkel to completely for 20 years ignore it. Uh, Didn't they all do that? I mean, is that kind of the big in, inherent flaw with, I'm, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the EU, but isn't that like that thing yeah. of like where you're just locked in with a bunch of like other countries where like, you know, basically, you're, I mean, does it fuck your labor up, the, the wages, or does Germany have kind of protections with that? No, they have no, they, I mean, yeah, like unions and everything. And the, the, but Germany, for example, never had a minimum wage, right? Really? So they, no, they, because the, the reason was always 
that is why Amazon left the tier, for example, the whole time. And now when the new the new government... Wait, why Amazon what? Say that again? Oh, so loved Amazon it there. Mm-hmm. Because they paid only eight bucks an hour the whole time. But now they changed it after the last elections when Merkel was gone. The new government, the Social Democrats and the, the Liberals and the Greens have a coalition. They put it up to 1250. So it's it's now there is a minimum wage. And the reason Merkel said the whole time, we don't need it, we don't need it, was because we had a lot of Eastern European cheap workers, like Romanians, Bulgarians, Polish people, they came over and any uh, businessman negotiated with them. You know, I give you 10 bucks cash or something per hour. And that Merkel left that because, of of course, it drove the profits up in Germany for the the corporations and the farmers and so on. Every every single year when there's the potatoes coming in, whatever, you have basically no Germans workers on the fields anymore. Zero. And in in the big corporations, like the car industry, the chemical industry, of course, they all make way over 20 bucks an hour. Because they are the unions are strong and they, right, negotiate, right. they negotiate a totally different uh, power uh, fees for everybody. Time to take another break to talk about this podcast's oldest friend in the world, YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. Are you over 21 and you enjoy Kratom and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, I do this ad every show, so I'm assuming that you are. I enjoy Kratom. I, they sent me. You know, usually these commercials, I take the opportunity to be like, hey, send me some Kratom. <laughs> and they did. And uh, goddamn, that lasts a long time. I mean, it's a kilo. It's, it's actually insane to take out a package with a kilo of Kratom. But y- you can't beat the value. It's good Kratom. Uh, I got a red dot. Now, I always used to like the white dot, But actually, the red and the green, I've really been enjoying those from uh, your Kratom. And uh, you can enjoy them, too. Skip the bullshit of getting Kratom at a smoke shop or whatever kind of place you got to go. Get yourself a $60 kilo. I actually brought the Red Mangda to uh, Winnipeg with me. I packed it in my bag. And then, you know, you got to take your laptop out and strip and all that bullshit to go through security. I took the Kratom of kilo out of the bag because I'm like, this is going to set off something. And uh, they were like, why did you even bother to take this out? This is a legal product, which it is. So I was just paranoid because of the huge size of a kilo of Kratom for 60 bucks. You're not going to do better than that. Go to YoKratom.com. Get yourself a $60 kilo. All right. Back to the show. So, uh, but it's, I mean, you know, it's, uh, every country has their own like flaws and everything. And, but, but a lot of times I think wherever you are, you think everywhere else it's better. Yeah. That is my experience till I lived in Canada. And then in Canada, for example, the, the medical system is horrible. Like yeah, that's what they tell me there. Yeah, you have no house doctors. When you have anything, you have to go to the clinic. Then you wait six hours and say, look, I just need ibuprofen. You know, like, and, and it's, I mean, it's, it's idiotic. And I had a gallbladder infection when I was in Canada. And then I went to the clinic. And then they... They said, oh, yeah, good bladder. We give you, they gave me morphine to take home and say, say like, just calm down at home. You have to go to a different clinic, but wait till Monday. We're too full. And if you had ever gold stones and gold bladder shit, like it really hurts, right? So you yeah, really right. morphine. I really needed the morphine. So, and then after two, three days, my health completely declined because there was something really blocked. And so I went to a different clinic. 
And then they they waited another two days before they took my gallbladder out. They had to take it out. So they couldn't like, so, you know, and then when we're living here in Germany, you have a lot of, you, have, you can pick, you have a lot of clinics, public, and you, but you have also private clinics. Was it and, two tiers I called? Like, does Canada not have a two tier? So like no, they have only one, one tier, public yeah. shit. And they don't have private clinics. And so, and when you, when you have in the US, you have private clinics too. I mean, yeah, they are more expensive, but if I go here in Mainz, where I live with the gallbladder in the clinic, like the next day, my gallbladder is out. I mean, yeah, 100%, right. and they say, okay, we take it tomorrow out. End of the story. And then I pay extra for my uh, health uh, insurance. This is I, in Germany, you mean? Yes. So I pay, you can say, uh, I, as a private person here, I'm not employed. I'm uh, self-employed. So I pay double for my family as what other families pay. So, uh, you know, but then... Is it cheaper than here still, even though it's double than? Yeah, you can say a a family with two kids, you will pay 1500 bucks a month. So, uh, but that comes the good part. Dental is in, you know, the good is is all covered. And and then when when you get any operation, whatever, you'd never see a bill. So, and, uh, and that is good because you... Yes, of course, for years, you maybe pay more in as you get out. But then when you have something, yeah, right. no question asked in an operation with full narcos and whatever, it's maybe 15, 20,000 bucks. And it's, yeah. you pay zero down, you know? So, and I, I like that system. Uh, and in Canada, everybody has the care card, but then dental, nobody has dental in Canada. Nobody. Dental, the dentist, you have to pay on your own. It's the yeah. reason that people don't go to it the dentist, then the right. teeth are nodding, and you make everything worse, you know, yeah. then it's not a good, it's not a well, good Well, the one, you know, because I, I always, you know, I remember when I went to England and they're like, they had that, like a two-tier system. And I, like, I guess the, if you're real lefty, the one tier is because, well, it won't be good unless everybody has to use it. But I think Canada kind of maybe disproves that. <laughs> um, and that's why I'm curious, like, uh, you know, usually here when they come, because it's crazy how it works here. It, it like I, my girlfriend's sister needed a, a hip operation. She was telling me, and uh, she's she's good at finding programs and stuff to pay for it. You know, and uh, they they mistakenly thought her sister had insurance, so it was like seven thousand for without insurance. This program when they thought she had insurance, they were gonna charge her twenty five thousand. And, yeah, um, so a, a fake hip or something, a hip replacement. Yeah, something like that. And okay. that, but that's what, like, in fact, I've gone to doctor, like, you know, like a chiropractor or something. Like, if they see you have an insurance card, it's wild what they do. I mean, like, really greedy, insane shit. Yeah. And um, it's so grotesque, and nobody. I mean, like Obamacare ended up being a fucking joke, and and they didn't. Uh, I mean, when I think about that, how that was such a fight for this what's basically a blowjob to insurance companies and and it was like you had to be happy because there was a i had a girlfriend at the time who had crohn's disease so she yeah. couldn't you know he obama at least passed a thing where she could stay on her parents briefly because nobody would want to insure she had a pre-existing condition yeah. and um it's so like this is why i hate that either or black or white shit because people will just like glibly well canada suck i'm like well it doesn't have to be like canada we could just do something a little better than outright theft. I didn't even know how bad it was, you know, when the 
here with the vaccine, there we go. What if someone you love needed a bed, couldn't get a hospital bed because an unvaccinated person was taking up a bed? And yeah. that sounded stupid on the face of it to me, just because like, were they going to come out and, oh, sorry, we, we can't help you. There's an unvaccinated in here. And we're obese or what, you know, but what I didn't occur to me, somebody else said to me was, uh, well, why aren't there enough beds? Like, <laughs> and uh, well, it's on purpose. And, it, and, I looked it up. I'm reading an article that's bragging about this. So all the hospitals are owned by private equity firms. Okay. In fact, three quarters of them are owned by one goddamn company and they run it as, cause that's not a profitable place. Have enough beds for everyone in LA in 2018, there was a flu epidemic briefly where they didn't have enough beds and they had set up tents. They didn't even seem to do that for COVID here. Um, so they're aware that there's a problem that could happen. They run it that way on purpose because it's more profitable. Everything's always put on, Whoever the, the, you know, the smallest person is, that's who this shit gets. But, oh, well, it's your, your fault that you fucked this up. That's everything here is like that. And then it sounds like, especially when you're describing the EU thing, what it, you know, you said everybody has, every country has this unique problems. Well, now there's this weird where, I guess, because it's like globalization, it's all like, no, we're all going to have the same problems. Like, whatever country you're in, BLM is in, <laughs> like, yeah. these things become like chain chain problems like a mcdonald's or something everywhere and it kind of starts to homogenize things like i'll give you an example i didn't understand you know when i lived in new york and anything about immigration i'm like well, what's the problem that we're just taking the jobs americans don't want because i didn't do any jobs like that that would be threatened by any you know uh i mean i guess in comedy though a lot of immigrants have taken like you know the daily show and things like that but i didn't uh, you know it's a real arrogant thing to think like, well, people just don't want to be paid like slaves. So then when there is a wage that like, uh, oh, so you're talking about Netflix when uh, they had the, the 25 person protest against Dave Chappelle that the whole press here reported on. Meanwhile, the biggest fucking protests were going on against, you know, like uh, John Deere and uh, it wasn't Nestle, but, you know, some company that makes 20 different fucking things. Yeah. Uh, no coverage of those over those wages yeah. like that's by design yeah but that is this this kind of me too cancel culture vocal culture it's me sanctions uh, yeah exactly and they they go for it you know one one thing about the health uh, is for example in germany the house doctor everybody has a house doctor so it's it's like totally different as canada where you have no house doctor so but when i go here to my doctor he has ultrasound he has x-ray he has like he can, he can measure your heart. Stuff. So he has technical shit there. What other people, like in Canada, nobody has that. In Canada, you go in a walking clinic and they basically measure your blood pressure or something, right? And then it, if you have to take blood in a lab, you go to live labs the next day and then they take your blood and you sit there for 45 minutes. Here, all this is doing your house doctor, all of that shit. So you basically don't overflow to the clinics, what you said with the beds, right? So that is the reason, like, before you go here really to a hospital, something really shitty has to happen because your house doctor basically can check you out, uh, including x-rays, So and, and will not send you to the clinic. Yes, at COVID, when the COVID was on the on the highest mark, of course, uh, they had the clinics here also almost full. But then it turned out later, they always, and that we talked about that the government lied to us, it turned out they didn't report it another 10,000 intensive care beds. 
They didn't report it. So that it looked in the press, you you have to stay home. You cannot because oh, the clinics yeah. clinic are almost all taken. We have only in all of Germany only 5,000 beds left. So stay home, have the mask on, whatever, right? But they that was a lie because they did on purpose this panicky situation because they, of course, wanted less context. They wanted that people are scared to go anywhere. Yeah, and, less context. That's a good way to put yes. it. Yeah. And, but then the lies come out later and it always comes back like a, like a boomerang throwing, right? So it's, it, and, and that is, I think, the, the, the real uh, um, like big picture problem is uh, there is no good and bad and you cannot really trust anybody. You know, yeah, you know, right. like you cannot just say Fauci has always right, and and you know, and, and this guy's not, and whatever. people bought pill- like they bought candle, like votive candles of him. <laughs> like, it's so fucking insane. And I'm like, and I'm like, do you actually like love him, or do you think somehow this like hurts Trump? Like, I swear to God, I got the impression from people telling me how they love Fauci, it was like they somehow think that's harming Trump. Trump was all pro vaccine and pro booster. He was not like. <laughs> It, it yeah. was so bizarre, and it's so like uh, I don't know. I, I grew up Jehovah Witness, which is like a you know a doomsday cult, know. basically. And uh, I bring it up pretty much every show to death. But I watch. They always used to say, you know, if you have any problems about anything going on, you know, don't you don't want to stumble your brother out of the the true faith. You don't want to say anything. Well, maybe it's true, or whatever. But that could you don't want to. That's the worst thing that could happen is you harm someone's faith with your whatever yeah. your problem is. So the thing where you're subordinate to the organization's good name, that's how all the problems happen with everything. That's how people get molested. That's how like all that happens. So I left when I was like 21, 22. And then I got out in the world. We call it being worldly. Right. And yeah. I would just see this repeating pattern over and over again with everything, but not even with like God involved, just you don't want to shake people's faith in the democratic party or whatever the fuck it could be. That's a big one now. Like half of my friends that are way more lefty than I am are yeah. labeled right wing now. They're called right wing. Totally yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's because you don't get to pick the only identity that you get to pick yourself now is like something you want to do something wild with your gender. Every other identity, we will give you the label of what you are. You don't get to pick it. You're like, well, I'm very liberal. No, you're actually uh, alt right. <laughs> we we will bestow those titles on you. There's yeah. just this weird little like power flip that uh, that people just buy into, and and I, it's not that I'm so smart. Like I said, I just like I was in a thing where I uh, that one particular thing I'm almost like vaccinated again because I just have seen it so much, and I always have a problem with it all the time. It always creates a problem wherever I am <laughs> because yeah. I can't stand that like. I don't know how to describe it. It's like the feeling of if I go, I don't have kids. So if I go over a friend's house with kids and, you know, they, they, you like, it's Christmas time and they'll be like, yeah, if uh, so-and-so is good, Santa will come. And they're giving you a cue that you're, you're now involved in their Santa lie <laughs> for the child. Yeah. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll be in your conspiracy until the kid Santa's real. But it's like that, that imposition, like, you know, we're saying, we're all saying this now and, we have, if you're a little bit brighter, it's your responsibility because people are so stupid and they'll believe the dumbest shit unless you help us with this lie to nudge them in the right fucking direction. So, uh, or yeah. I'll give you an example. 
uh, what is interesting about the, the so I did a movie last year here in Germany about Hanau and Hanau was a guy running Amok 2020 and he killed like uh, nine uh, Turkish people you know like uh, in, in the city of Hanau is by Frankfurt so and um, I made the film about it like a fiction film not a documentary a fiction film and then there was a, a newspaper report about it that during we were shooting so we were shooting the film and then, like, uh, the newspaper wrote about it because there was, like, a German famous actress also in it. And then, and then the city of Hanau flipped completely out. Like, they, the, the mayor, he said, that is an insult that Ball is, like, profiteering out of, uh, out of the attack in Hanau. So, but only and, the news gets to profit from that. <laughs> yeah, but that's the point. Like uh, that he had no clue what that was. I, I still don't have any profit of the film because it was an independent film. But the reality was then this: I couldn't even put my word in. Uh, nobody saw at that point the script or the, right. or the movie or anything. There's press jump on right. uh, everywhere in all the newspapers. How could Ball? make that film two years only or one and a half years after the uh, the thing happened, right? So uh, It seems the, like a long time after it happened. Yeah, I know. Also, and I said, what was it with Breivik and the other movies done about all kinds of terror attacks, right? So, and I said, like, but, uh, but that was not the, the tone. The tone of the press was that I am against the victims. The victims' families. I want to hurt the victims' families' uh, feelings that they're, whatever the brother is dead. And now, and then they went to all the victim families in Hanau, and they all said, "Yes, Paul should never made that film." And one newspaper wrote wrote in my favor, right? The Welt newspaper, and they, they because they said, "Like, how can you all judge a film without seeing even a trailer?" Right. So why do you think Ball is doing something what is an insult to the victims or something? You don't, you don't know what the fuck he's shooting, right? So, and I thought that that is that what everybody normally had to say about it, like how the mayor could like rail up everybody so much because, of course, the thing is this, the film's name is Hanau and now Hanau, the city, the mayor thinks my fucking city is the whole time now blamed for this terror attack that we yeah, right. Stop. You know that we didn't stop that, and uh, and the police actually made mistakes in that night because he went. Oh to, wow! He went to three different shisha bars, like the uh, like you know, and shot on three different locations. People. Then he went home, shot his mother and himself. So and uh, so oh, the, it draws the, attention. Uh, wow! Yes, you know the perpetrator never saw the police during the whole attack. Wow! Because. They were then later, the SWAT team came to his house. They identified where he is, but he was already dead. So he, he shot himself in the head. So, and, uh, and that is why I made the film. I made the film because the guy was a completely conspiracy theorist. And he thought the, the CIA, he's an agent of the CIA. He, he left a, uh, like a, a video message and everything on YouTube, uh, what he taped in the afternoon before he went balloony. And he said that he basically fulfilled the order of God. And so he was done. He was like totally out of it. So, and I think it's important to tell stories like this. It's important to show what can happen. And, and with, the, with the fanatics from the left, from the right, from the Islamistic uh, people, whatever, I think it's very important to, to face these situations and to hopefully uh, overcome this, uh, uh, like th that you find people 
who could get violence earlier, you know, that you flag them earlier and right. you stop them earlier. So, uh, and it's, it's a psychogram, like a psychogram, like a, like a, a film about the perpetrator, not about the victims. It's like we follow that guy from A to Z through the film till he shoots himself. And the victims are just victims. He goes in and shoots everybody, but we right. never, you know, but so, and it's not an insult to the victims. It's like a movie like this has the absolute right and uh, that, that, that it gets made. And, yeah. but then Netflix didn't bought it. Amazon finally bought it. Now Amazon bought it. Apple has it, but it's ridiculous that I have then problems because of this cancer culture. I had ma major problems to get deals for the film. Right. You know, even if it's a super important subject matter in Germany, everybody knows what happens there. And of course, in the beginning, Netflix was super interested. And then they saw all the negative press and they're like, Ugh. yeah, so that little gatekeeping, because there's another aspect to it, which is if someone else made it, who I'm sure those media people considered to be their sort, like totally the Jimmy's show. So, you know, now I have no I was raised with no faith in any politics, so I'm not like disappointed. But, Jimmy had this medit force the vote movement he had that was picking up steam for uh because AOC and all these people got in. They had, basically it was to get them to do the thing that they said they were gonna do, which was force a Medicare for all vote, which certainly wouldn't pass, but everyone would get to see who votes against it because they'd be surprised which Democrats that are supposedly for it are not for it. Yeah. And uh all of a sudden it was bad, like people, especially media people, and I don't even mean main such mainstream press, but they're still billionaire funded press who are ostensibly for this suddenly we're like, no, it's the wrong time to be doing this. You can't be, is you the wrong? And it's because he's not their sort. That's, they didn't like that this guy was getting this going. It wasn't them doing it. That's a big part of it. That's why, do you know who this guy Christian Smalls is? The guy who got the union going in New yeah. York with Amazon? Amazon. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about our new sponsor, mypod.com. I don't know if you use vape, uh, the nicotine rather than smoke it certainly smells better than if you smoke it. I can tell you that. But if you're over the age of 21 and you do, why don't you check out mypod.com? They got great pull, which is very important. If you do vape, you know that. That's the reason people stay with cigarettes because they want those throat hits. That's how I've heard it been put. They got great flavors and the devices have a nice feel to them, I must say. Uh, uh, the comfort of sucking a nicotine thumb is how I would describe it. It's a lot of a world fixation to me. And over the years, I've just been putting longer and fatter and rounder objects into my mouth. It's nice to have a smaller one once in a while. That's all I'm trying to say. So for all you vapors out there, I want to tell you about the products at MyPod.com. Because if you do use vapes, you're going to love them. The new MyPod 2.0 is the best refillable vape on the market today. Vapors can refill with any vape juice flavor they prefer. I mean, pretty much any of them do that. But the design is like you're smoking out of a little iPod. MyPod has a wide variety of disposable vapes available on mymypod.com, my, including top-selling brands like Vaporlax, Draco, Hyde, and Airbar. I think fans of disposables will be particularly into the new Draco disposable vape which lasts for 6500 puffs really 6500 puffs all right uh for those of you that like flavors my pod which like what do you, what do you mean those of you like flavors that's why I, I get like a pineapple flavor okay those aren't for children those flavors i know they say they're for children 
Different me. I like a nice fruity breakfast cereal flavor. Lastly, my pod has fast shipping with most orders shipping out the same day. So if you vape or used to smoke and vape, you'll love my pod. And please support the sponsor that supports our show by going to mypodmipod.com and use promo code Kurt, that's my name, K-U-R-T, and get 20% off. Once again, that's mypod.com, promo code Kurt, and get 20% off. Now let's get back to the show. Now, I came away with that guy a couple of years ago before I started writing for Jimmy's show because I couldn't believe his story, like how bad he got. He, it, the story, long story short, is he basically was one of their best employees that they ran out of the company because he was saying, hey, COVID might be here already because people are going to these sales meetings in uh, Seattle and coming back, back sick. The company, so this is information. If I had a business, I would like to know. It'd be helpful. He got f- fired. You know, all this bo- Amazon's horrible. And uh, so they, a union, he formed a union and didn't get support. It's amazing the amount of not getting support. And then the memos that got leaked where the, uh, this guy used to work for Obama. Now he works for Amazon. Where I mean, racist smearing this guy like, yeah, he's inarticulate. It's their strategy to to down this guy yeah. with no con. Like, I don't know how people are aware of this. Like, it's not that a u- unions can suck. It's not that they're just always great. A union happens because it's got to happen. It doesn't happen any other reason. A lot of people are like, oh, I just want to be in a union. The conditions are so bad that people are willing to throw in on a yeah. fucking union. That's how they start. Yeah. All these companies think, no, we're going to. I don't know, make like a videotape to tell you how to report on someone who's taught like that yeah. just encourages more unions, dude. Like, so this guy got it done. He goes on Tucker Carlson uh, to, to talk about the union. His appearance is great because Tucker tries to make it about AOC or whatever. And he goes, well, it's not really her. It's all of them. I just want to focus on the union. He does a great job. Then these pieces of shit from uh, media matters, trash this, Suddenly, black lives don't matter when they're looking for a union, it turns out. Uh, they trash this guy because it's bad. He went on top. It's not. They don't give a fuck about the workers and get, yeah. getting their message out to a, a huge audience. It's he betrayed the bigger picture, which is my petty feelings about Tucker Carlson or whoever. Yeah. The, the mentality is all unions in all America like that. You know, like that is the thing. It's like the, the, the side thing turns into the major thing. Yeah. And it shows also how, how journalists selling out and they are not interested in any form of truth. They're only interested in that they getting liked for their position they have to uh, right. against something. And that is the thing. It's it's like uh very disappointing, you know, to see this kind of uh yeah absurdity. And that was one of the uh, I, I told you in the I think we did before we taped it, but uh, that I'm releasing a book here in Germany about you cannot say the truth anymore. And it's uh, um, it's exactly where I brought a lot of examples in where where this kind of pre-censoring happens, you know, like where, yeah. because we're already in that stadium, like it's not like you do something, then you get criticized and canceled. It's, you got to plan ahead. Yeah, 95% of the people do things not because they're scared what could happen. And that limits democracy, that limits also knowledge and culture, art, stand-up comedy, you know, like this kind of like when you always have to think like, oh, shit, if I do that joke, uh, I'm out of the business. And then you you basically have have nothing left. You have nothing left to talk, to to be as an artist in any form 
uh, progressive or or, or, uh, or or push things over the over the boundaries. Think about old films like Something's Wrong About Mary, whatever. Yeah, like, right. Gun. This kind of films could never right. be shown again. Like never right. be shot again. They they would like you know less. Well, you're supposed to be happy about that and not complain about it. That's actually you're wrong. To, oh, wait, it could never be made. I, I'm used to hearing the response like, I'm sick of hearing it could never be made again. Good. We shouldn't have good stuff. No, but I like yeah. it. But you know, when Seth Rogen said he feels like a lot of his films age very badly because they were not political correct, but that is what Seth Rogen made. Like, that are his... Yeah, he ain't his giving his, his spot right? away. What? He's going to continue to be in his movies. He's not giving away his white male spot. <laughs> He's like, no, yeah, we need to have a lot less. I mean, I'll still be grandfathered in, but everybody else will need to be like something more diverse. I, the thing is funny to me is I'm not even a comic that's like, oh, you can't do like, I think it's a good deal worse than you can't do comedy anymore. Like I, I kind of feel like jokes are the only thing I you can do. You can only kind of do, you got to encode whatever you feel like with a joke in a way that they have to, I mean, it's kind of jokes. I like um, what you can't do is just say how you feel about whatever. That's what you're not allowed to do. Just basic expression of how you feel. Yeah. I, I could take the time and write a joke that I've never been in trouble. I've had an entire press try to fucking ruin my life. Not for any jokes. I said for me saying what I felt about something, which is what you, what the crackdown is on. So it's way beyond now. I don't know if people get that. It's like, it's way beyond the thing of like, oh, I can't make that joke. Like, I don't have any, I, I don't consider myself edgy or any of that shit. I don't even like those kind of terms. I do like jokes where I have like, if you follow the logic you and it comes to like the wrong conclusion, that's bad, but you followed it all the way. So you have to accept, like, I like to trap the crowd with shit like that because yeah. they have to give it to you. They can't like, I don't know. That's the thing that I get off on <laughs> jokes. And, um, but that is perfect for a stand-up situation, right? Where you slowly feed the audience and laughing about things. You you basically, and then you lure them into the the, yeah. the death end of the road, and they can they, they yeah. agree with you in a way, uh, you know, but because there was no other other solution. I love that too. I mean, I think good comedy always has to hurt some somehow, right? So, and it has well, to make, it has to hurt like the truth hurts. Yeah, you, you know, so, and I think that is that is uh, very important, yeah, so, but the same in movies where, where you have, like, when you make, like, just hangover movies or whatever, movies like this, they are right now, they would be too offensive to, to make, and then they don't make them anymore, and that is the thing, like, I loved ruthless humor in films, uh, where you basically think about Kentucky Fried movie or something, you know, like, they, they, there were so many films yeah. done in the 80s, 90s, and then up to 2010. And then the, the Twitter police canceled everybody. Where uh, And I, I feel it's, it's idiotic to exclude everything what you can think you should put in art too. And, well, it's not, uh, you, know, you know, it's not, um, I, I, I used to think it was like political, right? I didn't understand how shit really worked. And it's really a matter of, so like you were talking about the reporters and shit. It, so the new generation came out of the, I, you know, the colleges and shit. And, and my friend, Aaron Mate, who's, uh, he writes for the gray zone and, and probably one of the most honest guys I know that is a journalist and he's definitely considered fringe by the right. Like they don't like him. Yeah. Um, it's because it's like toxic to, 
it's considered toxic to just tell the truth. You know, like you doing yeah. that documentary or, or that movie about that that town. Yeah. It's like, how could you do that when you know it'll hurt our image? Like uh, adult children of alcoholic shit, <laughs> Jimmy says, which is what it, you know, dad's sleeping. Don't say that. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you, that's, it's like this elitist, like craven careerist kind of people. And I, my whole, but, you know, I, I wrote for a lot of stuff. I, I'm pretty lazy. I don't like to write, but I needed the money and I just fell into it. I had to do it. And, you know, and I got to write for some cool shit. Like, I'm not even, I don't want to complain. I, I got to do better shit than probably a lot of people, but. I was always like a loose cannon and you, and, and by loose cannon, I wasn't like mean to anyone. Yeah. I would just say, I told this story before one producer, there's this girl, Rachel Dolezal that said she was transracial back in like 2013 or something. And she had been faking. And, and I asked the one producer, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you could be transgender. Like you can't be trans. Like why now I'm not saying this as some kind of like trap anyone. I just I'm like, because he seemed very vehement that this was ridiculous that she said this, okay? And his answer to me that I'll never forget, he goes, Kurt, that's that, that was the answer, was just that. <laughs> and I, and I, I've pondered that, I'm telling you, for like 15 years, I, I'm like, and I, what it meant was, why would you even ask a thing like that? Because he's a professional guy. Like, a, I like that. I'm not trying to down this guy. He's a professional corporate guy, and they just know. I've... Yeah. I've always not known how you're supposed to just act in these, you know, like I yeah. know where my salad fork goes and shit, but I, there's so much more to it where I, you know, you're not their sort. You're like, <laughs> and they're like, I can't believe, why are you even thinking about that? We're trying to think about a next level of success we're getting to. And you're over here doing these things. And, yeah. and, you know, not everybody in showbiz is like that. I know a few people, there are always like a few people that are like kind of the real deal that, I don't know. They they either like generated money for somebody or they do good work. But it, it really is like all these craving people where they're like, I know better than to touch certain. The thing you're talking about that where they give you the tools to censor yourself. That's yeah. like, do you want to be yeah. successful? So yeah. what happened is Twitter and all that morphed together, and now you, you fly your flag that way of who you're with. Are you are you at the cool table or are you at the fucking the lunch table of untouchables and special? special uh handicapped russian olympians you want to be with them or do you want to be yeah, yeah. you want to be no, you're, you're totally right i mean it's it's uh it's it's a big uh, a big situation but in my generation i think i'm like 10 years older as you right so and it's this kind of like we grown up in a way very free you know very like this kind of like you could yeah. you, you know you could whatever if, whatever in the school class you could make a joke about a gay guy. You could make a joke about any race, any skin color, whatever, right? And you were not like, that was not the end of your life. It was like, you know, like some people were you like- You might get corrected, but it wasn't like a yeah, thing where- exactly. But it was not is, like, yeah. now you will never work again for the rest of your life. And uh, and I think also in arts or in stand-up comedy, it was harsher. It was like this kind of like, who gives a shit? And- um, that kind of freedom, in a way, went away to to the the Twitter police, and now you have to only follow the rules of the Twitter police, who are not existing. Basically, it's just random people at home uh, being able to infiltrate infiltrate social media so much that it starts infiltrating the real media and the real journalists, and then you have this kind of like living in George Orwell's world. 
So yeah. uh, you know where, and that is, I think it's it's uh, it's a total disaster. Um, and that Did is you... also one of the reasons I think the Republicans went so far to the crazy world because right. it's a, it's a reaction to it. It's a reaction to yeah, right. We don't want to be limited always. We want to do whatever we wanted to do 20 years ago. We don't want to follow all that rules. And then they go to the balloony world, basically, in a lot of things, say what they what they believe in. But they also just don't want to get limited and and uh, um, and censored for yeah, They used to be for... This is the thing that's funny, as I remember when Iraq happened and they were all for censoring anybody... I'm not like I've never liked I basically wrote them off a long time ago. You know, now it's like, what do you want to help? If you're not directly helping me, then you're helping Republicans. But I wrote them. I expect nothing from them. The thing I'm shocked at is like the people portraying themselves. Have you heard this term both siderism that comes up on regular news? Like, oh, that's both siderism, which is a insult. Yeah. 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 yeah watch the guys. See it. I'm like, what? so what are you like a one? a good one-sider? Is that the, the admirable quality that I should have one-siderism? Yeah, exactly. Or uh, whataboutism? Is a, in Europe, they say whataboutery, which is like a fancy store at the mall or something. And uh, it's it's like, we're right now we're demonizing Putin. Don't you dare bring up that we're huge hypocrites <laughs> who have a record of murder as extensive, yeah. and we got away with probably more because we know about the murders he did more than he probably wants us to that's called, they go, that's, you see, that's intrinsically, don't point out hypocrisy. That's the message in there. And now, see, in the beginning, I was there when, at, when it changed. Like, I started to see it start to happen, right? And it was regular people. Now, all these companies, see, there's a whole consultant club. The thing of, like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, how do you make sure? Because you're gonna, you got to hire a consultant who specializes in looking over your shoulder and, oh, maybe don't do this and maybe don't do that. So now there's a whole fucking industry of consultants whose job it is to protect you from the sanctions of Twitter, right? And now, like, I didn't even know this. I, I was in Vegas. A, a friend of mine, you know, a Karate Kid show on YouTube. They made a remake. Yeah, my friend Brett. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good, right? I'm, uh, so my friend Brett's on it, and he, he lives in Vegas now. And he, I met all these people that are, you know, big time, kind of like, I, I guess agents or whatever, but they're of internet personalities. And I guess the money's like even way bigger. And the, the shit that they think of to do to generate clicks, I, I wouldn't even enter in my head. Like this is a minor thing that maybe sounds simple, but I would have never thought to do this in the comments on a YouTube. They'll, they'll plant negative comments against the person because it yeah. riles up that person's fans. So that they'll fight with this fucking <laughs> insult. Yeah. And the algorithm, because they, they know how the algorithms work. So then it generates all this interest because you want comments. And if somebody gets in a fight, somebody's already figured that out like way, <laughs> like five years ago. And yeah. it, it's like way more stuff than that. When uh, Kyle, that I guess you had dinner with, it, the Jackie Tone's uh, ex-boyfriend. So we make sketch stuff on, uh, you, he does impressions and he, we use those shitty, uh, we don't do deep fakes. We do face swaps, which are shittier because it's funnier. Deep fakes aren't funny. They're too it fucks it up. Uh, we, we try to figure out a long time why an expensive deep fake isn't funny, but I think it's because it looks too good. And then it draws attention to the voice is not the exact person's voice. Whereas yeah. these look like a caricature and it's, it's growing. They're like pretty popular. Well, we, his Instagram got a shadow ban put on it. Okay. So he would get like a uh, half a million, 800,000 people 
views on some of these things we make. And uh, suddenly it's 11,000, but no idea. So we had to go to a consultant who, I, like I think we call Brett's guy, who calls somebody at Google. Like you have to go to a guy who knows someone there because who are you going to call the yeah. company? And they were able to look it up and they go, oh yeah, he got shadow banned. And they could tell you the exact date and time and what it was for. I would have never guessed what it was for. It was for a flyer. We have a sketch on his channel called Pussies where we're like basically uh, pussies. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it to you. It's one of our more popular bits. Yeah. And um, we've never gotten in trouble with that. It was a flyer for the live show we did at Largo with just a picture of us. For some reason, 18 people complained about it. And so they just shadow banned us. So you don't get notified of that. You just see all of a sudden you don't have. So then they have to get a bunch of chain together, like Facebook accounts to just start bombarding it with traffic. And then that like wakes it up. Just It's like this really elaborate, almost hacker kind of thing. That's going to be the future. You're going to have to get, because now these companies are the size of small governments. So you're going to have to get your own like intelligent. And I didn't know how much there's like private intelligence agencies, like never mind the CIA, because all these people, you know, Obama's on fucking, they all go in the private industries when they're done with whatever ruining Syria or whatever they're doing. <laughs> they get into private industry and so you have the kind of skullduggery of like disney star wars uh the the machinations behind the scenes are actually more interesting than the actual star wars by a lot the cambridge analytica right similar to, to yes like, so when they're all mad about cambridge analytica like oh he helped brexit with they were actually like oh we got to get our hands on that and use it for ourselves and that's what everybody does now yeah. It's, it's unless you were like savvy to that level with tech, which I am not. I mean, I tell people about it. They're like, what? Like, most people aren't even aware of it. But th these things are gamified five, 10 years before you get there. <laughs> you know, like, and uh, the angles, whatever kind of, why do you think conspiracies are popular? Because, you know, my, my feeling is a lot of this shit's really just in the open. So it's not a conspiracy, but it, there is that kind of shit going on all the time. It's just not, you know, for fun stuff like aliens, it's how to like get ahead on a fucking YouTube algorithm and yeah. people would do anything for it. Like, I can't believe the shit people would fake, you know, like if I just told a but story about anybody I know, I met a guy once he, he sold on only on Facebook, like hair straighteners, like, like, and he bought them in China, like totally like, you know, like for people, girls, they have like the, uh, yeah curly hair and they can straighten it and it was like kind of whatever shampoo thing or whatever but i have no fucking clue but he made like a half a billion a half a million bucks yeah right and with this shit only through facebook and he said you can buy the same thing for half of the price somewhere else but he was able to trigger it with a special facebook ad campaign that they basically bought it without a price comparison or whatever, right? So and that right. are people, this is exactly what you said. There are people, they are so tech savvy, savvy they can make out of shit gold, basically, right? And yeah. we are like putting up a good idea or a good trailer, and then nobody watches the trailer. And then you think, like, why nobody watches the trailer? How it can get more people watching the trailer of the film, whatever. Yeah. And then you have other things. But at one time, I did the YouTube video where I said, fuck Hollywood, whatever. I got 1.9 million views. because it's a popular sentiment. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. And it, but, but, we, it was, but still... I did other videos that were way more offensive and nobody gave a shit. And yeah, then right. it took off. 
Then it was like uh, uh, even like radio stations were like balls has to get fuck all off in Hollywood. And normally they could also never reported about it and you know and say who gives a shit if over balls or something. But this they all took and all wrote about it, BuzzFeed and whatever. Oh, and right. I but I still don't know why. Why did you happened. hit on some popular culture war bullshit? You know, the, this is like the chattering classes, it's called that work. It's like court. I, I, Chris Hedges, I watched saying this. This is like court gossip in King Louis' court. That's what passes for like news. So, like, ooh, did he say fuck Hollywood? So, yeah. that battle of like, you know, I guess out of Caddyshack <laughs> of like yeah. Yeah. the snobs versus the slobs, that's you hit on just a thing that's popular. And so now, and the other thing is, I didn't realize how much this stuff. You know, you know, like flat Earth has made a huge comeback. The idea of that the Earth is flat has yeah. become. I know, you know some. Yeah, and and you'll see a lot of decrying of like, oh my God, we're going back to medieval. This is the Dark Ages. Yeah. And like, well, why are we in the Dark Ages? Because when you economically move towards feudalism, that's what fucking happens. <laughs> like, we're yeah. going towards feudalism, so you have a peasant class that you want them ignorant. You don't want to give them the full story because they might not do what you want. What do you think they're going to fucking do? So I believe in the earth is flat because they don't trust a single thing they hear. I, I To me, it's not even dangerous because I'm like, you know, you know, it would be dangerous if it turns out the earth is flat and you're telling them it's round. That could be dangerous. But if it, if it turns out it's round and they're wrong, it's not, you know, go ahead and walk, take a walk and see how it turns out. It'll be fine. Uh, it, it's, it's a matter of not, it, it, it's, I don't know, you put it a good way before. It's, it's like, now, because of, it has something to do with monopolies, but once the business is not the actual business anymore, like the way you make money is not on the actual thing, that's, it creates all this. Like you ever see how pigs, when they test how smart they are, because they're super smart. So like yeah. a dog, they'll train it to like knock a ball into like a golf, a golf uh, hole with its nose and it'll push it all the way. And a pig will just pick the ball up in its mouth and drop it in the hole because it's too smart to waste its time with the stupid thing okay i'm a dog like i will perfect my nose hitting the ball into the (laughs) the hole but there's a lot of pigs out there that are just like, oh you can get the money much faster just doing this one thing and uh now they have the tech to do it and it's amazing that's kind of what happened in russia when it when you know when boris yeltsin was in and they gave people shares of all the of all the nationalized companies and then a few smart people hey i'll take those off your hands because you're starving yeah. You know, like that's like the big downfall of, like I said, I'm not in any way, I wouldn't call myself any kind of socialist or whatever. But I, in fact, I don't even believe in a left or right. That seems like a puppet show to me at this point. It, to me, it's, it's how few people like the, the income inequality or shit I would have never talked about 10 years ago. It's so great now that we don't even have capitalism. Like they make this shit nobody wants and fail. And then they'll have another thing out that fails. And it's because they're getting investment money. So those tech companies, which I bring, you know, this is a block that blows my mind. You know, they always don't make a turn of profit. It's all about gobbling up market share and you don't make any money for the first 20 but years. The owner, but the owner is the billionaire then and, and uh, yes. who gets richer and richer and the company never makes any money. And well, it's, yeah. absurdity. it's also absurd. I think when now all the black rocks and all that companies, whatever, Reese Witherspoon got a billion bucks for her company based on what? I mean, you know, like, I mean, yeah, she's a good actress, but I mean, where's the real cash value to ever recoup the billion bucks out of the profits she would make? 
how you ever want to recoup a billion bucks. It will never happen. But yeah, it's right. kind of like the absurdity that money got printed without uh, interest on it, without without this kind of like you get the money for free if you're big enough. Uh, you know, and all this went totally off charts. And, yeah. and now we're turning into a totally different situation where the inflation drives the prices up. People's income is not going high uh, up, uh, like more as one or 2% a year, but you have 10% more cost for energy, for food and everything. And that is exactly what you said with the feudalism, like we're going backwards. We will have more Elon Musk's and, and you know, like dream flying to the Mars and spending money on, on Twitter, whatever. But you have more and more people that cannot afford the living and they have, can pay the rent. And yeah. but, but the celebrity industry is part of this kind of like the clowns for the real billionaires or for the big money. But yeah. they getting, if you're the right person like the Kardashians or uh, whatever uh, uh, Beyonce and all that people there are like four four thousand uh, uh, people they're getting really filthy rich and yeah, right. celebrity it's like a monarchy dude it's, it's, it's like completely yeah. overpaid they get making absurd amount of money and then you have a lot of other people who basically uh, are happy to make a living. They're happy to get through, and and are not like even if they're sometimes famous, but they don't have cash. So they, uh, you know, like and then yeah, right. also what I what 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 worries me a lot because it's this kind of like uh, a total injustice. You know, it's this kind of like totally absurd how. Uh, some idiot gets a half a billion bucks for his mu- music rights and people like Orson Welles or Peter Bogdanovich or people like icons died poor and had nothing, you know, and that is the yeah. thing. It's, like, uh, uh, it, it's kind of absurd. Well, or did you know of- now it's way worse? With, I didn't know this with music like with COVID. They've basically they're getting close to you're like a slave of the album. They, they it's re- it was always exploitive, but now it's gotten because you used to have your touring money and stuff. Now the labels get all of that. That's what they, you know, people couldn't go out and uh, tour, I guess, you know, because of COVID. Yeah. But the thing that blew my mind with, uh, you know, everything's in uh, venture capital. That's why the, there's not real competition. That's why you're not getting people like capitalism. Well, where the fuck is it? Because people don't have to compete. You just get capital. Some of those companies, those tech companies now, will sometimes accidentally turn a profit and they have to cook the books to look like they're, not making a profit so they can get another round of venture capital. Like that's the, when I heard that, I was like, that's mind blowing. Instead of being happy that they make finally money and saying, look, now we have a real business, uh, whatever, Uber or something, right? So instead of like, they, they keep milking the financial system and then they're turning into things that are not like, the business plan, but they have to diversify and then whatever. And then we have this app and this app and doing this and that. But I have to stop doing the the, the, the podcast because I, I hear everybody yelling. Oh yeah, it's ten. Oh, we went long, man. Dining room, they're like, <laughs> we want to eat. So hey, uh, well, thanks for talking, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, are you are you uh, promoting anything? Uh, no, but I have a uh, with my friend Gary Otto. Uh, I do Overball Raw. You know, it's also a podcast. You can listen when you have free time in in uh, US. And uh, I hope that my Hanau film soon, we did uh, subtitles. I will send you the trailer. Yeah, let me uh, see, man. You can watch it. I hope we can soon get it in US up everywhere in the streamers uh, because it's worse to watch it, you know. And otherwise, I just uh, wish you the best. And you too, brother. Thank you so much. 
yeah. And I hope uh, next year, my plan is next year I go back to North America and uh, try to do a, a production. Uh, and um, it was good to be in Europe. I mean, it's kind of like I was so long in Canada and you're so far away from culture. You know, it's like you're sitting there in, in Vancouver and nothing happens. And you in, in Europe, you feel like you're in the real world. You know, you're yeah. in the middle of everything. And uh, um, that is what I like in Europe. But of course, I wouldn't like uh, if we get a full-blown war, then I'll fly back to back. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not dying for the Ukraine myself. Let's say it this way. So that, Yeah, that well, let's hope it don't come. Then I nothing like that. Yeah, stupid no flies. Uh, all right, Uva Bolt, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So uh, this can't get right. Bye bye. All right, buddy. Well, uh, do I got to do ads now, Mike? Yeah, you got a couple of ads if you want. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Hey, okay. did, so did I, Brian? I, yeah. What? Oh, sorry. Oh, it cut out. Did uh, the guy contact you, Brian? Did he talk to you directly, or did he talk talk to like on a publicist Facebook. on Facebook? He okay. Booker or whatever, and did the contact. Right. So yeah. Oh, just asking. He he just started doing that for me, and I was like, just curious, like, because like, it was pretty easy to talk to you and get a thing. Some people he'll get back to me is like, well, they're publicists. I'm like, my podcast ain't that big. Where you're gonna go to somebody's agent and they give a shit about being on my podcast? <laughs> like, I was I was never like this. It's also like I'm, I I did most of the stuff on my own my whole life. So it's yeah, okay. right. All right, thanks, man. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Because I can't get right. Because I can't get right. Yeah. You're listening to Can't Get Right.